0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. You, well. You, I am hanging in there. Hola. There we go. There we go. Hi. Welcome. Go. Yesterday, when you caught me, I was so busy. I can't I imagine. Oh, it's so my. Hard. I'm losing. Yeah, now. it is. It, yes, it is hot. You're taking it. It's an audio podcast. Yeah, but um, we're yeah. gonna but we're gonna have some of it online as well. Actually, let me take my do not disturb off because I'm getting a lot of messages. Ricardo should be joining us today as well. Oh, really? Sure oh, wonderful. Gonna... Yes, hopefully he does. Um, there we go. Well, let me begin officially. Welcome, my good brother. My name is Ronaldo McKenzie. Welcome, guys, to the Neighbourhood Around Podcast. I have with me a dynamic, a sensational. An amazing brother. We hit at, we hit at um, when I was at um, Penn, when we were at Penn, I was doing my master's and he was doing his doctorate and then he moved on and do great things and we're going to talk, get into that a little bit more. But he's now a professor and um, I got him up early on a Saturday morning. Good morning. <laughs> professor Dr. Andre Curry Isaacs, welcome to the Nearly World Around podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. Such a, a spirited introduction.
0: <laughs>
1: it's been <laughs> it's yeah, been, a number, okay. of, it's no been a number of years since we've connected, but this is this is fantastic. It's really good to talk to you. And a long
0: time, and that's why I actually put it's very hard, but I didn't pull out my pen share because you know we we are connected <laughs> in different ways. We went from Jamaica, and um and I'm from Jamaica, and of course he's a black brother and I'm a black brother, but you know that I'm. And I'm celebrating that. But I'm, I celebrate all races because that's what we are about. But, you know, we, we connect in so many ways. He plays tennis. I don't know if he's still good. He was great.
1: I, I still play. I don't know if I'm still good, but I'm still playing. But but I think, I think you're right, though, Ronaldo. The, 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 the shared experiences have really brought us together, you know, our, our, yes. our, our mutual love for tennis or yes. both growing up in Jamaica and also, like, going to Penn. It's, you know, we were meant to be friends, lifelong friends.
0: <laughs> lifelong friends and, um, and today the topic is life science and breakthrough and I say life science and breakthrough all the way talking about you and I want to get into your story so that people can know you come from a, I talk I write I wrote a book on globalization looking at the dynamics of the global south and the global west and the global north and the global south, post-industrial country and the third are developing countries and um, we are from developing countries and when I came to Penn it interested me so I was Looking at people, looking at places, why is there poverty? Why is there inequality? quality? How do you get out of it? But here, you are a young man who comes from Jamaica and you and that but you you have you went to an Ivy to an Ivy College and you went to UCLA to do your postdoctorate that yes. And um and then you're a professionally a chemist, so to speak. We wanna hear people wanna hear your story. How is it that you were able and to, and the journey, what is your journey? You know, I know we met yeah. up lot, we never got into it, but um uh, how is it I know, that I know. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you, as a boy growing up, and, and how your life has been. What has been yeah. your journey? Thank you. This is the Neoliberal podcast, and you're listening to the beginning of the interview I had with Professor Dr. Andre K. Isaacs of the Holy Cross University, The interview was revealing. The interview was quite powerful. And we are going to get back into the interview momentarily. But you will hear, I asked him a question about poverty. What is your ticket out of poverty? What is your ticket? When you listen to the interview, the question you will ask is, what is your ticket out of poverty? And he's going to say, education. Yet education is not cheap. And of course, and therefore the conclusion is, which is a problem for society, because here is a young man. Who here is a gentleman? Here is a well, not a young, not young, but he's still not old either. But here is a man come from jungle, come from poverty, come from Jamaica, from the global south, come to, came to the U.S. and now is a professor a chemist working to make drugs more effective. 80% of the drugs that we use, that, we t- that pharmacists that pharmacies, um, develop and are using, comes from structures and molecules that they develop to make more, and that they are working to make more effectively. And that is really great. But, I, but what is your ticket out of poverty? Education is not cheap. Yet, yet, it's education. Yet, education is not cheap, which is a problem for society. And what, it's so powerful, so powerful. We'll be right back after these messages. Your ticket out of poverty. Well, today we discussed that a little bit. We, we well, we got into that a bit, and many other issues surrounding life, science, and breakthroughs with Professor Dr. Andre K. Isaacs, who is Professor or Associate Professor and a chemist, scientist, organic chemist that is, and scientist at the. Holy Cross University. What is your ticket out of poverty? Is it education? Education is not cheap. And that is a problem for society. That's according to Professor Andre Isaac from a question that I had had posed to him. He talks about the fact that as a chemist, he, he talks about his work in terms of developing compounds that address certain types of cancers when he was at University of Pennsylvania as a way for them to prolif- proliferate so as to disrupt the pathway. He talks about his work at use after that at UCLA, Berkeley. He talks about his work on on methods for making heterocycles or new structures and indicated that over 80% of pharmacies have these structures embedded in them and that most drugs have these ring systems. He says that they don't make drugs, but they they develop ways to make them better. He indicated that side effects come from structures and he works uh, and his team, he and his team work to develop structures to minimize these side effects. We explore ways that Caribbean Car- we, we, we explore ways that Caribbean can deal with their poverty and their lack. And I alluded to an article that I wrote as it relates to science and technology being the key to these countries' development. And I asked the question: What can we do to get more to get? more uh, black and brown people and Caribbean people involved and interested in, 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 in science and, and chemistry. And he says people are choosing careers that can help them climb out of poverty. And they don't think about pure science. We're talking about chemistry and biology and physics. Maybe business, medicine and medicine. But that's it. He says also our education system and the funding is not available for science In this regard, he talks about further the representation, representation of African-Americans. African-Americans are severely underrepresented. He says India and Asia have invested in their peoples so that they are in STEM fields. But for black people in Jamaica and the U.S., there are disparities and the lack of interest, and he alluded to some facial recognition program. Of course, he's hoping to improve his relationship in 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 uh, with with the Jamaican population, with the Jamaican government, so that he can in a so that he can contribute in a scientifically to the development of Jamaica's science and technology, which we say is key to their development, which is lacking. Of course. I asked him, what's happening in the the industry, in the science and chemistry industry? And how can we become more effective in responding to diseases and viruses? He says science is powerful. Powerful, especially now, in terms of normally it would take a decade to develop vaccines that could fight diseases and viruses. But now it takes much less than that. He says after COVID was identified, they sequenced the genes within a few months. And they were able to develop a drug thanks to an mRNA technology. And we explored what this mRNA technology is. He says that science is at its pinnacle. In terms of how quickly it can develop drugs to, 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 to dealing with identifying and dealing with new diseases and viruses. He made a most powerful point. A most powerful point towards the end he talks about science literacy and the fact that people need to be more educated and people don't understand complex concepts and people need to be more educated as in terms of science literacy and he says that there need more needs to, to be done in terms of science communication and science communication requires diversity that was most powerful, and as you as when you listen to the part to the interview, you will hear us talking about that. It is a powerful interview. I can't wait for you guys to delve into that. This is the Round podcast. After these messages and the ad, we will go straight to the interview, which was very viv- vivacious and full of vim, vigor, and vitality. We'll be right back after this. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How
1: are you, sir? I'm doing well.
0: You're, wow. you're, I am hanging in there. Hold up. There we go, there we go. <laughs> Hi. How Welcome. Yesterday when you caught me, I was so busy. I can't I imagine. Oh, oh it's my. So I'm losing. Yeah, it is, it, yes, it is hot. taking it. It's an audio podcast. Yeah, and, uh, but we're yeah. gonna but we're gonna have some of it online as well. Actually, let me take my do not disturb off because I'm getting a lot of messages. Ricardo should be joining us today as well. Oh really? Sure. Well, like, good. Good. Yes, hopefully he does. um There we go. Well, let me begin officially. Welcome, my good brother. My name is Ronaldo McKenzie. Welcome, guys, to the Neil little Around Podcast. I have with me a dynamic, a sensational. An amazing brother. We hit at, we hit at um, when I was at um, Penn, when we were at Penn, I was doing my master's and he was doing his doctorate. And then he moved on and do great things. And we're going to talk, get into that a little bit more. But he's now a professor. And um, I got him up early on a Saturday morning. Good morning. <laughs> professor Dr. Andre Curry Isaac. Welcome to the Nailing World Around Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. Such a, a spirited introduction. <laughs> it's been a <laughs> number it's yeah, been a, number of, it's yeah, been a what... number of years since we've connected, but this is this is fantastic. It's really good to talk to you.
0: A long time, and that's why I actually put it's very hot, but I did pull out my pen because you know we we are connected <laughs> in two ways. We went from Jamaica, and um and I'm from Jamaica, and of course he's a black brother and I'm a black brother, but you know that I'm. And I'm celebrating that, but I'm, I celebrate all races because that's what we are about. But, you know, we, we connect in so many ways. He plays tennis. I don't know if he's still good. He was
1: great. I, I still play. I don't know if I'm still good, but I'm still playing. But but I think I think you're right, though, Ronaldo. The, 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 the shared experiences have really brought us together, you know, our, our, yes. um, our mutual love for tennis or yes. growing up in Jamaica and also, like, going to Penn. It's, you know, we were meant to be friends, lifelong friends.
0: <laughs> lifelong friends and, uh, and today the topic is life science and breakthrough and I say life science and breakthrough all the way talking about you and I want to get into your story so that people can know you come from a, I talk I write I wrote a book on globalization looking at the dynamics of the global south and the global west and the global north and the global south, post-industrial country and the third are developing countries and um, we are from developing countries and when I came to Penn it interested me so I was studying Looking at people, looking at places. Why is there poverty? Why is there inequality? How do you get out of it? But here, you are a young man who comes from Jamaica, and you and that. But you, you have you went to Ivy League to Ivy League College, and you went to UCLA to do your postdoctorate, doctorate. Yes, and um, and then you are a professor, a chemist. So to speak, we want to hear. People want to hear your story. How is it that you were able, and and the journey? What is your journey? You know, I know we met, yeah. that we never got into it. But uh, how is it that I know, to, I know. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you as a boy growing up and, and how your life has been.
1: What has yeah. been your journey? Thank you. I think what defines my success is one that was littered with opportunity. Yes. Um, and I would have to say that I, I am where I am today because a number of people along the way invested in me. Um, um, from a child all the way up through my secondary and post-secondary education. And I think it's that investment in the youth, no matter where they come from, that really, really matters. So to, to share my yeah. story, I would say, you know, I grew up in Kingston, Jamaica, right? And I uh, had um, a very tough um, childhood childhood my i lived with my grandmother because my mother couldn't afford to work yeah. multiple jobs and take care of a a child um and so i lived with my grandmother who was was amazing and you know but my mother recognized that you know education was kind of my ticket out of, yes you know out of poverty <laughs> and so you know those two jobs she was working really were to be able to afford to send me to a a good um, high um, grade school, so I could get the foundational, you know, like knowledge to move on, and that in itself already makes me realize one of the big problems with our society, and that yeah. is education is not cheap. Uh, yes. And I promise yeah. you, if my mother didn't invest in in you know getting me that kind of education, I, I might not have been here. Um, today, because I wouldn't have been able to realize my potential early on, and then be able to be competitive for 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 high schools that are well respected and regarded, and 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 and, and everything else. So, so luckily, you know, I ended up in high school. I we went to Saint George's College High School for boys. I
0: was going to ask you what school you went to. Said, oh George's, yeah, uh, that's a good school, an all boys school, a very good school in Jamaica. Very good
1: school. Um, and then, from then on, i um I decided to um the tr- tragedy actually hit my family around the end of my high school. I was all set to go to high school, um to go to college in Jamaica, to the University of the West Indies. Yes. um unfortunately, in that summer, right before, you know we were while we were taking all of our um, exams or see our, our GCEs and our qualified yeah. exams for the for the our a levels for the for college accept, acceptance my uncle yeah. was 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 brutally murdered he was the one who really inspired me and taught me a lot of this foundational science chemistry biology much of math much of what I struggled with in high school you know he had struggled a, in math yeah yes I, I did I did. In high school. I mean, it changed. <laughs> yeah. I attribute yes. my success in the sciences to him because I really okay. grew in high school. And yes. that's the other piece. It's the, the community education where you need people to help, you know, young children, those who understand yes. the material to help each other so you can make sure the kids are learning what they need. But yes, yeah, tragedy struck, he died and, you know, I didn't have that guidance or that, um, yeah. that, that um, role model anymore. And I decided to take a year off. And during that year, I applied to colleges in the U.S. And that's why I ended up going to college in the United States. And, wow. Uh, yeah, discovered my passion for chemistry in college. And then I found some great mentors. Um, who really pushed me and believed in me and told me that I should go to graduate school, do a PhD. And I was like, me? Do a PhD? Like, yeah, you are the real deal. You should. You're you, you destined for this. So, you know, that led to there. I went to the University of Pennsylvania where we met. And then after that, I actually did my postdoctoral work at University of California, Berkeley, UC Berkeley. So um, oh, um, in Northern California, and that led to me getting a position um, back at my alma mater where I went to college at the college of Kabbalah. I am
0: so sorry could you hold on a second i'm having a problem i cannot hear you all right i can hear you now perfect <laughs> But you were talking about your uncle, and um, was very instrumental in your life. And um, you had you you weren't were you always interested in science?
1: I was always interested in science. I did not know what I was going to do with it. I thought about yes, the health professions, medicine, etc. But I think I just discovered that I enjoyed doing math and chemistry the most, and so I decided to go in one of those two paths.
0: Is there anything? Is there until so you enjoy that? So that's one of the reasons. Any, any any particular social issues might have want to push you into that? Trying to understand self, understand society.
1: No, it was purely just a love um, for the work, the material. I found myself found myself on Saturday nights just doing chemistry problems. I just enjoyed thinking about things on a molecular and atomic level, um, mm. and understanding you know how atoms. Uh, interact with each other um, there were no um, social or societal problems that drew me to chemistry yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't yeah. doing it because I I saw something in, in, in the world that I wanted to address it yeah. was just yeah. a pure how it made me feel um, yes. the, being able to tackle these problems and successfully do them was really the, the motivation for me I think as a young child I was searching for something I was good at you know. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and once I found that I was good at chemistry, I just latched onto it.
0: Ah, uh, I do. But and it, you look at like you have you look at like you have grown younger and not older. So and you have,
1: and maybe you some old... of the chemicals in the lab that I'm playing with, you know, I'll let, <laughs> I'll let you know once I figure out this one, is. I can bottle it and sell it yes, <laughs> the fountain yes. of youth. Oh my
0: god. <laughs> what's what's your secret? What's what's your secret? secret oh, there is no secret you know be really? joyful
1: smile more you know
0: right right Present. i know you went to UC, you you were at penn and then you went to ucla what was that in like? berkeley uc berkeley berkeley okay yeah. uc berkeley and that's the, that's the top college right there yes, and i know you studied chemistry yeah what, what is what you your study what are some of these things
1: that you studied and you got into ah, so i can tell you about what i studied at university of pennsylvania i was working a lot on developing these um compounds that were were powerful at um addressing um certain types of um cancers oh. and, and they it really worked by by um by disrupting uh, a signaling pathway that's used by a number of cancers like Basal cell carcinomas um, and and other types of cancers as a way for them to proliferate, and so yeah. we found these class of compounds that were very powerful at disrupting that pathway. And the pathway they were hijacking was really a, a, a the hedgehog signaling pathway is really known um for its utility in embryonic development Ah. um but as adults we don't use that pathway anymore right Uh, yeah yeah yeah. cancer cancers use that pathway for them to proliferate right finding a way to shut it down um is a great way of addressing um cancer growth and proliferation and so we came up with a number of developed a number of compounds designed analogs of those compounds to find ones that have high activity against um these um these cancer cell lines yes. and so yeah i spent a lot of my time just synthesizing these these compounds. yes that. we synthesized them using steroids so we manipulated steroids into structures that have these activities so that's what i did in my phd work primarily there's a bunch of other stuff i did but that was the main focus and then in my um postdoctoral work i went to berkeley um yes. and um i worked with richmond sarpong who is an excellent, amazing, my PhD work, I worked with um, Jeffrey Winkler, excellent, yeah. amazing scientist. But my postdoctoral work, I worked with Richmond Sarpong, who was an inspiration to me, not only because of his chemistry, but because he was a black chemist.
0: Uh-huh. And he was from,
1: um, from Ghana. And just to see a successful black chemist at this junction in my career really pushed me to you know, keep you know, like like going forward. And the work I did in his lab was really, we started off with a total synthesis project. We're working on the synthesis of a natural compound that no one has ever made before. Um, and we came across some stumbling blocks, but then after that we worked on some methodology to develop some methods for synthesizing structures that are um, really well present in, um, in, in, other, in, in a, a structure within a class of molecules. And so, yes. got a lot of training from him, and that's, you know, went on to my own independent career, took some of what I learned, And then I've since developed my own research project that I have students working on.
0: And oh, so you are working on a project. I don't know. Is it
1: secret? Can you share a little bit about it? I mean, I've published a number of papers on the work we're doing so far, but um, what we're doing. So I work with exclusively undergraduate students. Right. So that in itself is a challenge. And I think a lot of people who are thinking in going to academia who might be listening to this um it, um we'll need to think about the types of work you do with different populations right so graduate students you can kind of imagine um, addressing any really large-scale problem because they're working okay. all day six days a week on, on right campuses. but with undergraduate students research is really an added-on right to their course yes. and so you have to right. be strategic with the with the research goals you 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 address or you design and so for me what my students and I are working on is we're really developing methods for making what we call heterocycles. Heterocycles are really ring structures that have um, primarily carbon atoms in the ring, but like nitrogen, sulfur, oxygen atoms are are present in them as well. And the reason why we want to make these ring structures Mm -hmm. is because um, over 80% of small small molecules in the pharmaceutical industry have these structures embedded in them. And so most of the drugs that people are taking you know, have these structures in them. And so it's important for us to have really effective and efficient ways of yes. rapidly accessing these structures. And so we are using copper chemistry. Um, copper as a catalyst to facilitate the formation of these um, ring systems in yes. very quick order. And so every time we develop a new synthesis for one of these ring systems, we publish it, we put it out there so that hopefully if pharmaceutical companies or other people with interest um, want to make these molecules? They can use our method for for synthesizing them. Okay, Maybe we I mean, are not really... in, interested in making any drugs. We just want to show others how they can make their drugs better.
0: <laughs> right. Okay.
1: Nice. Nice. Like drugs. We're
0: talking drugs, like with all the side effects that some of the drugs have. Right. Your job is you also try to develop a methodology that helps to mitigate or minimize some of these. Side
1: effects. Well, right. So the the side effects are going to come primarily from the structure, and if the structure needs to be changed, and it's one that we've designed, yes, then then they can use our method for making that. So yeah, we we're continuing to work, and we have a library of compounds or different Mm -hmm. classes of compounds that we want to use this chemistry to build, and we'll keep working on it and pushing it out.
0: And I know you are at an your, your adjunct professor at the College of...
1: Actually, adjunct- I'm an associate now. I got tenured three years ago. Three, four years ago, when was yes. it? Yes. 2019. As- so, okay. So I, I, I was I'm, telling um, you about you. I'm an professor. associate professor now. Oh, and associ- I'm actually planning on going up to full professor in um, a few years.
0: Oh, my That Well, we are. I am rooting for you. I know you're going to be doing... I know that's going to be happening soon. I have so many other I think I have three very important questions to ask. Let's you. hear them. <laughs> one of them has to do with what's happening in Jamaica or in third world yes. countries. I wrote an article just before I came to the U.S. in the Gleaner, published in the Jamaica Gleaner, and I said science and technology is the key. Yes. And I republished that article where I talk about one of the ways some of these Caribbean countries can effectively deal with some of the issues. They have to be competitive. Yes. In order to be competitive, they have to be more technological take advantage of technology, take advantage of science. And I've oftentimes said, we need to do the Caribbean island and many of these poor countries are developing countries, developing countries of the global south have to spend a lot of time to develop their science and technology. From where you sit as a scientist and you, you know, and here you are in the US, I don't know if you have, if you've done any work with uh, with the Jamaican government or with the Ministry of, uh, with the science and technology unit in Jamaica or some of these other countries from where you, and even in African-American community, because when I, you know, when we met on Penn, you're from Jamaica, but I met, we met at Penn, I was shocked when I said, oh, wow, you're studying chemistry. It's not often time you see black people or people from the global south having an interest in chemistry. So what do you see is going, what, from where you see, what's happening in terms of scientific technology in African-American communities? And in caribbean countries and what will you from what can what, what can we do more to get the more interest and involvement developing molecules and breakthroughs and so on
1: which yeah yeah i think it's it's twofold um one is um people are choosing careers our young people are choosing careers they think will help them to climb out yeah. of poverty and um, unfortunately for a lot of students, they don't view pure science as the way to do that, right? They think it's headache. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> and if they go into science, they're thinking about medicine, right? The more pre- prestigious. Yes, you know. yes, that is true. I need to be a doctor um, if they're thinking science or sometimes a nurse or, yeah. But they're not thinking right. about pure science like chemistry, biology, physics, typically because... Yeah that those aren't careers that people think of as um, high-paying jobs uh, yes you yes. know for a lot of people you're growing up in poverty and the most important thing is for you to get your family and yourselves out of poverty and you're thinking about jobs that can get you that or they go into business or yeah trust. I think that's one thing is the interest um, where we don't have a lot of interest um, in our communities for doing pure science but the, also the other reason I think for that is because of our education system right
0: yeah a lot
1: of our yeah. Or, or communities are not um getting the best um any funding to support our, our science programs yes, um, yeah, yes. and we're not seeing you know high paying jobs in these communities only seeing those jobs in in in, in the in the in the suburbs and in the private, yes. private schools um, and the third part i think about it is representation you, 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 When people think of a scientist, they think of an old white guy in a lab coat. <laughs> yes, yes. Like Bill Nye. Uh, yes. Like, for been, example. Ricardo
0: and that we've been seeing your pages, and we say, "Oh, he's having fun!" You exactly. I are mean, uh, you on TikTok? I, you know, I saw you on TikTok with some beautiful, amazing videos. You are, of course, so that. onto that last point, I agree with you. We, when we think of those people, we think of people and um, an older Caucasian guy. Yeah. more than one I mean, he's not like asian he, i mean sorry caucasian is asian so so sorry to cut to you though
1: oh no no you're fine yeah so that's the that's the um the, the problem i see facing up. now some other places i've really invested in this i mean countries like india and asia yeah. in general have done a really good job of um of of um investing in 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 in, in the kinds of education that would lead to yeah to people going into STEM fields, STEM disciplines more. So right now, I mean, 50 years ago, it was primarily white folks who were scientists. And now we've seen a significant influx of Asians, Southeast Asians in the field doing excellent work. Um, We really, as you rightfully pointed out, have not seen the same for black. Um, yeah hope in, in, in um, getting involved in, in STEM fields. And it's important because there are lots of disparities um, for black people when we don't have scientists, right? We see the health disparities yeah. in terms of uh-uh. outcomes for black women, pregnancies. We see that with COVID. we see that with, 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 um, we see that with things like facial recognition software programs that are not able to recognize or falsely recognize black people because we don't have scientists who are thinking about inputting databases. That, 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 that is you know, true will help um that, that involve black people in general. So so we need more scientists across the board, you know, to not yes. just come up with solutions to the questions we face as a global society, but also to yes. think of the right questions to ask.
0: Mm, mm, that's great. And you know, you talk you look what's going on with uh with issues in COVID, some of these countries are struggling to get um To develop drugs or whatever, and uh, my question: Whatever, have you been involved? Have you spoken with with anybody from Jamaica about about your research and your findings? And how I
1: have not, and uh, and to be fair and to be honest, I, I, you know, this is I think one of the um um one of the things I I I I really wish I could work on. I'm hoping, I should say, to to improve on, and that is my relationship with with Jamaica. And yes, connections, yes. even a, even if it's just purely on a scientific level. But yes. I have not been involved. Um and if anybody's listening to this and knows uh at yeah, um, um, ways for us to connect, please let me know. Yes. I have um sat on a on a on a panel at the University of West Indies, but beyond that, I have not been um involved really in, yes, in media, yes. um scientifically. But I'd love to, you know, work with with, with people there and, you know, share my work, hear what people are doing and get involved somehow. I just guess from my, like, where I sit right now, it's, it's really not easy to make those connections. They, they yes, that of, is... kind of happen organically. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe I need but to don't go to worry, I in Jamaica or something.
0: <laughs> I will help you with that part. I'm going to Jamaica soon. I will help you with that part. I, I You know, I, I have some connections at the Ministry of Education. I have some connections in the Jamaican government. So... I will definitely reach them reach out and and start the connection the con this is this is this is some of the positive things that that needs to happen you know i believe you know these countries are lacking people like you you know people like you to help them because i've always said science and technology to the look at you working on molecules to like make that. drugs much more effective and i think this is what's lacking in some of these countries so i think that uh, now tell me as you what what's, what is the next no there the, are the two things I want to ask you about you, I wanted to ask you about financing how were you able to navigate financially to be able to Because you had to go you had to go, yeah. go. how were you able to, to navigate and study and some people ask you no it's too much money after all spending loan oh my god
1: well, well I kind of alluded to that in the beginning when I talked about opportunity being what got me here and yes. and and to to be fair there are ways for people to 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 um to get their education um paid for Uh, i would say there are a number of scholarships available for those who are considering studying abroad like in the united states or other countries that will cover minimally your tuition Um, and once you're in um the education system here and you've completed a college degree your phd is usually free and so your phd in 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 the stem disciplines are usually free and so i didn't pay a dime for my phd i actually got paid because a requirement for doing your phd is that you have to teach that is true. True. so so i think i think that's something people need to know is that if you get into a phd program in yes. most countries, um, you will get paid, um, yes, and yeah. you go on that to space. So the, the, the college level education is primarily the hurdle: how are you going to yeah. get that education? How are you going to pay for that education? Uh, and that you can get through scholarships if you're competitive. Uh, I would right. say most institutions. So so it's really surprisingly way less expensive to go into the into the into the STEM disciplines or into the foundational uh-huh. sciences uh-huh. than it is to go yes. into medicine. That is um, true that is true oh, yeah
0: and um the, the next question is um i think as you look at what's going on in our society today uh in terms of all these diseases and there are more diseases and uh what is the what is the contribution of chemistry of science and what what can we do more effectively um as, as um well, from where you sit as a scientist what, what is being done now in terms of combating diseases and bacteria and drugs, you heard of using COVID that's going on, and what? Are you, um, any ideas about what's going on and how we, how we can be more effective in terms of dealing with and responding to stuff. And people don't want to be vaccinated. People are afraid of drugs and so on. There's this, this fear, you know, and since you work as a chemist to help to create stuff, methodologies that leads to molecule development, that leads to drugs and so on, and vaccines as well. What, any? suggestion or any idea as to what we can do to... What's happening so,
1: in, in industry and what we can do to improve? So so one thing I would say is this. Scientists are doing way more yeah. than people realize. I think science right now, I think the whole COVID um, pandemic, I think, has demonstrated, although people yeah. might not realize that, realize it, how powerful science is. Yes. I and mean, if you think about it, after you know covid was um the first variant was identified they sequenced the whole gene um um they sequenced covid in in like a month right they already knew the structure of covid they knew the primary target within a month and they started developing mm-hmm. vaccines to address that. That wasn't possible <laughs> 10, 15, 20 years ago. They're using new technology yeah. like mRNA technology to develop vaccines. Mm-hmm. And and that in itself is 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 beyond what people thought were, were possible. Normally it would take decades for people to come up with a, a vaccine. Um, oh, wow. And, yes. and that's part of the concern that I think a lot of people have. Is like, well, you know, COVID was identified two months ago and six months later they already have a vaccine it's like you know damned if you do damn if you don't and, you know like yes we're really good at doing what we 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 do right now we're yes, as yes. good as we'll ever be Right. And, but people, as a result doing it too quickly people don't trust scientists i want to know that was right yes yeah, so we'll I, talk I, about that but science i would say is at its pinnacle right now in terms of addressing a number of diseases um, the fact that we can develop vaccines so quickly uh, for COVID is in itself, um, I would say. You said the mRNA something. technology? mRNA. mRNA what, technology. Is, what is that? So mRNA is um, messenger RNA, ribonucleic acid is kind of like a, a strategy for for um, basically tricking the, the body into thinking that the vaccine is in fact an mRNA and it will read it And it will use it as an instruction to design um, what looks like the um, spike, part of the spike protein of the COVID. So basically, it'll design a fake version of COVID and the body will be like, this is a foreign entity. Let me develop some defenses against it. Mm -hmm. And then when the real COVID enters your body, those defenses are already developed and ready to attack and okay. so that's the technology that's new and developed, and clearly it works extremely well. Of course, it's hard for it to keep working because COVID keeps mutating. Yes. And so the body is looking for a different version of COVID, and the new versions are, are evading um, the technology. But it's, 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 it's just impossible. They, have to, they would have to keep making a new ver- new vaccine for each version, and that's just yeah. Not- were you were you part of any kind of work research i was not part of that's not my area of expertise yes. um so i was not a part of uh, i didn't do anything related to covid in terms of my research so it's crazy when people think about the breadth of research that's going on in the scientific world yes there's so much going on and everybody has their little niche yes um, yes yes the community uh, that that. Yeah. That you And
0: you yeah, you're working on cancer, and I know you do cancer research. I did.
1: Yeah. I did some some work developing structure uh, molecules for for cancer. But I mean, as a chemist, we are primarily focused on developing molecules, or at least as an organic chemist, my okay. job is primarily focused on developing molecules. So I don't do. I wouldn't do even if I were working directly with with some. Um, diseases yes. I would not be the one doing any of the work on like testing and yes and yeah, doing yeah. Assay to see like how effective it is i've literally just be building the molecule and sending it off to the people who do the testing and yeah. evaluation and doing the figuring out the side effects etc mm-hmm. so we all have a role to play it's all connected it's all interdisciplinary these days yes. so no one field can address anything and that's why we're able to work so quickly because people are coming together with the technology you can access data from one country yeah and you can collaborate pretty easily and 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 move things forward quickly oh nice nice
0: and um as you as we move beyond that what what is how are you enjoying um life now i know you you went from jamaica then you were in pennsylvania yeah i'm in massachusetts yeah what is i mean the other day we spoke i spoke you were busy doing conferences and traveling and you know, I want to ask. My last question is going to be what's next for for Andre. But before I ask you, what is next? Tell me what how are you changing, and how have all this experience
1: impacted
0: yeah. and changed and adjusted you, and so on, and you know, yeah, how I is think, it affecting you? Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely got a, a huge impact on you. You're pushing me to reflect here, which is good. Yes. Um, when I think about like where I came from and where I am now. And you're right, like I didn't think a little boy growing up in Kingston, Jamaica, um, would, you know. I mean, I grew up in jungle as people first and then I moved to Portmore. Yeah. But think about growing up in my Oh yeah, yeah. We lived
0: in Portmore and I'm, I'm from the exactly, yes, yeah. so there we go, yes.
1: So, you know, and, and 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 being in the position I am today. Um, you know, so so that's that's huge. And I think it's something I, um I want every young Jamaican to recognize that they can do this too. Um, But when I think about next, like what I really want to do is to is to really show that, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. You can be you can be excellent and show that diversity, the representation. I want people to see themselves in me. And so definitely that's a goal of mine. An immediate long term goal, an immediate goal really is just to keep, you know, putting my name out there, you know, keep doing my research, get my publications out. Yes, um, I'm very much becoming invested a lot in diversity equity and inclusion work. Nice, That's something I, I want to do a lot to help others think about different ways in which they can educate the future. Uh, yeah. Particularly because the future in America, the demographics are changing. we um, yeah. start thinking, those people haven't been thinking about it, but we have to start thinking about how we're going to be educating, educating a different demographic. Um, yeah really um efforts around diversity equity and inclusion and really just um the visibility piece of like minority scientists um as well as you know keep pushing my work my research out there
0: that's good and um that's and just so you know you are welcome to to write um for the neoliberal round for the neoliberal Corporation. we have we have websites that and we put out articles and so and blogs and so if you want to share an article one of these days Please, I'm open to that. Um, please um, share some of your articles. Your students can also share um, their articles and their writings on the Neoliberal Corporation's um, website. We have a journal. We have, we have also this thing called Towards... I also have another project I'm working on, Towards Developing a Caribbean Pan-African Journal or Perspective. So at the end of the year, the students from my class, the best papers are showcasing that journal. That's, my, that's what I'm working towards hopefully um that's something that we could collaborate on we could start we could think about that your mind most is definitely. needed. Yeah. your mind is needed you yeah. are this yeah. is a, you are, don't let's get back to really something like do you still
1: use the wilson license uh, the wilson racket <laughs> no actually i switched over no, to babbler, babbler. Babbler. Yeah. Babbler. i started babbler. off with a Wilson but, yeah when we were at penn i switched to a babylon and i stayed with that
0: and I got two Barbilas with me because of you. I
1: still have them. I love them. You know, Rafael Nadal <laughs> yes. is my favorite tennis player. So you know, it...
0: and um, Rafael Nadal has beaten Roger Federer. Did you? Did you um, think that that would ever happen? That's I, I did, did not think that would ever happen. Um, me too. Here we are. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Me too. We are. We only have about three minutes left for the yes. podcast. So as we get ready to wrap up, and um, I want to ask you some one last question about. Um, as you think about life and yes. in general, and I, you know, I said it's life and breakthrough and science, how can we as a society um, work to develop life? Um, and how can science be u- useful in doing that? You know, with what's going on. By the way, one of my friends, just, one of my fraternal brothers from, um, just had a major accident. Major, major, major accident. A 19 year old young man broke the life. Ricardo had an accident just like that, too. The guy broke the life. But it's a lot that's going on in society. There's crime and violence, and there's this new disease called SARS. No, it's it's, It's not
1: not that far, (laughs) man. Monkeypox. Monkeypox is the latest one, everybody. (laughs) Monkeypox.
0: I am not a scientist. That's not my area of expertise. I am more social. I am big on economics yeah. and those kind of things. But um but so monkeypox is what's going on. And you know every time you you know you you cure COVID or you I'm sorry we didn't cure COVID but they develop a treatment for that and so on and so forth. The next thing you know is monkeypox. And is, is are these mutations
1: or what's going on? I mean, we live in we live in a global world, you know disease yeah. um spread much they spread much easier now than they did before. You know and all it takes is for one person you know to travel on a plane and you know boom it's it's spread so we're dealing with a lot more spread and yeah. you know every now and then there's a you know there's there there's an uprising of you know yes it is you know it's 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 part of of life i would say yes. It's, it's, yes. it's not yes. gonna stop you know maybe we'll settle down for a few years and then 10 20 years from now there'll be another outbreak of who you know another cluster or family yes yeah. so you know covid and all that are there are all these coronaviruses all started with sars and mers that's a, a whole class that keep it evolving mutating and who knows if a, a another coronavirus in 10 years or so will come to the light and we'll just have to deal yes. with them as they come so and these
0: aren't conspiracy because there's some people no no, no. Are people are like all about conspiracy strategy to yeah. get people to control anybody?
1: No, they're not. They're not conspiracies. At least not, <laughs> No scientist believes that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is
0: true. And I have some friends who live in Philadelphia who they have not been vaccinated because they still have some kind of. Yeah. They still believe that it's some conspiracy, yes, sort of.
1: and people are and people are rightfully skeptical. You know, I mean, yeah. we do not educate our or country, whether it's in Jamaica or the US basic science literacy is missing i would say um from most of our um or um for most of the education we see around the world and so people have a hard time understanding complex concepts yes, um, yes even yes. something as simple as well COVID has mutated and so the vaccines that we developed don't work for the new variants even that whole concept is lost on a lot of people like well you made a vaccine why doesn't it work on a new variants and you know, people don't understand that. They don't understand what thing it means when something mutates. They don't understand uh, yeah. how vaccines work. And you can't expect them to understand that. And so I think science communication ah. is what is needed. And, and that's why we need more people, maybe like myself and others out there yeah. who are skillful enough to communicate these complex concepts to a general population so people can can um can understand and what that requires is is a diversity of of the science communication success communicators out there we need people who can speak to their own communities yes. they in ways they can understand yes get these and people they trust right so so that's why diversity in science matters much, as much as boy where else that's your,
0: that last point you made it really you hit it it hits on the head and by the way you know, we need more scientists to be on on podcasts. But I know there's just one guy that I follow; he's on Twitter. But yeah. one of the things that we can do, podcast is the new way. Streaming, people are listening yeah. to streams now. Like this one young man said to me recently, "Wow, you you, you watch TV with ads? What's that?"
1: <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see the ads
0: anymore. You know, streaming yes, services are screaming. perfect for that yes, everybody is streaming so and I think that's a good way to get the word out. And you know as you talk about communication, we all I've often oftentimes said what is communication? Communication is to make popular what was the monopoly you know what I mean so and so I hope that you know as a, you're part of the science community, I hope that as you grow and as you develop you can also be an influencer, a thermometer but a, therm- a thermostat as they say mm-hmm. oh, regulates <laughs> you know no. and, uh, I, and I hope that I can have you come back on this show. And the, the comment, yes, I'm on science and different issues that might be happening in the science world or in the, uh, in medically. I would love to have you come back and to have you I reckon, a regular contributor to the show. As we grow and develop and go and get larger, I would love love you to come back regularly. Talk about what's going on on your neck of the world, what's going on in science and medicine, because we do need. I just said what is lacking is that um science communication i'm so happy i had you on the show to talk about some stuff because
1: i'm yeah, glad to be course. here thank you for having me this was fantastic
0: yeah man, and um it was an hour long but thank you so much and just so you know if people want to get in touch with you that you know, they want you to speak at some some um, because you do speaking engagement and if they want to access your work
1: room. tell yes. us go ahead yeah, you can, you can find me. Uh, my website is isaacslab.com. I-S-A-A-C-S-L-A-B.com. And also you can follow my social media. Um, okay. I use Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And they're all the same handle. It's D-R-E. I mean, I'm sorry. It's D-R-D-R-E-4000. So Dr. Dre 4000. That's my handle. Okay. My username yeah, on all those platforms. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Dr. Dre, not the and you're the not the not that Dr. Dre, the
1: other Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of inspired by Dr. Dre, the rapper, and Andre 3000, the singer. So I kind of I kind of combined those two, but I had to one up him, you know, I couldn't be 3000 I had to be yes. So yeah, to be 4000. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Dre 4000. You know, so. <laughs> a lot of people who have Dre, whose name, whose
0: name is Andre, always. The the so Always some um, Doctor Dre something.
1: So. Yes, exactly. So you <laughs> know, just using that to get the so to get the like, you know yeah. the street credit.
0: <laughs> yes. But you are the real Doctor Dre though. You're the real Doctor Dre. Yes. Four thousand. But Doctor Dre, thank you. I will be I will be doing my one of my first conferences, um, to speaking about my work on globalisation. I'm looking forward to that. But you know, you have you've been one of my greatest inspirations. And so um, you know, you are ahead of me and I came and I was inspired by you. Then when you finished, you say, Oh, I'm going to do my postdoc. I'm like, What? Getting a postdoc well married as well. I did another masters, and then another masters, and then I'm doing a PhD. So it's quite so I was inspired by you, and that's what we need, people like you, to just inspire others, you know, as you are inspiring me. And many, you know, you I was inspired by by you with Nadal and I'm using Babula rackets now uh-huh. and in, my twin brother as well, but of course, academically speaking, I was really inspired by you. you I didn't tell you that, but I, I'm always inspired by you. People like you very said. kind
1: of you. Like, yes, yes. Well, we have to pay it forward, right? There are yes, people sir. who inspired me, and their inspiration has led me to where I am today. And so, I, I hope to do the same for the younger generation myself.
0: Yeah, man. And this particular show will be available on video after I've edited it, and it will be available on of the audio on Stitcher. Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, Anchor, Dr. FM, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You can also access this show. Um, it's got the transcripts will be available verbatim. All the transcripts will be available in the neoliberal.com and rinaldocmackenzie.com. It will also be available in our LinkedIn commentary at reverendrenaldo c mackenzie in the neoliberal commentary. And um, please, send us your, your feedback. And subscribe to this show and to our website and to our cooperation, the neoliberal cooperation, which is serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges. And just so you know, donate to the show at anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support. Thank you so much for listening and or watching to the show. And continue to subscribe, continue to support, continue to let us know how we can improve the show. And if you have articles, if you have blogs, if you have, if you want to co-host the program, let me know. Send me an email, renaldocmakency at gmail.com or Ronaldo C Mackenzie at the Walker. And of course, thank you so much.
1: You have the last word. Oh, no, it's it's great to be here. I'm really proud of what you're doing. I think this is very important for work that you're doing to, you know, connect Caribbean communities to each other and to share right. success stories from the Caribbean and also to really empower those who are who are who have come from these communities to continue to do the work they're doing and to represent, you know, their culture well. So thank you for giving me this opportunity and keep up with the work.
0: Yes. And I will talk with our Prime Minister. I will give Mr. Holness and the Minister of Education a phone call and let them know about you. they the, I'll let them know about you. You need to be known about the <laughs> some of these communities. All right. Take okay. care, brother. Take care. And um, when I come to Massachusetts we're gonna hit this.
1: Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh,
0: <laughs> and by the way if you listen to my pre- not the previous one the wonderful the previous one I interviewed the founder of tennis of the tennis league network oh Steven really? yes and he lives in Massachusetts as well oh, okay and uh, so but I know you're busy you guys are busy so whenever you get a chance keep in touch all right we'll do yeah well, bye bye That was the interview with Professor Andre Isaacs of Holy Cross University, and um, it was uh, the interview was actually done on Saturday, and uh, we have just and we released it on Sunday evening. Uh, the video podcast will be released later on as a bonus on the Spotify platform, but again, this show is available on all major podcast platforms or streams. And um, just so you know, you can subscribe to this show for free and you can also donate to us at HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash anchor anchor dot FM slash the neoliberal. The neo, the neoliberal is spelled T-H-E-N-E-O-L-I-B-E-R-A-L dot. Um, the neoliberal slash support so it's anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support and you can send me an email at ronaldo c mckenzie at gmail.com or the neoliberal at ronaldo c mckenzie dot com or ronaldo c mckenzie at the neoliberal dot com and you can also give us a phone call at 267-317-9202 share this show with your friends send us a feedback and also Send us an article and we will publish it for you. What good?